hello, welcome to the Monday Morning Corner Man. I'm your host, Luke Palmer Divers, and this is the podcast where we talk about everything MMA, including fight predictions, results, MMA news, and more. And today is Monday, the 12th of October. It is 9.30 a.m. It is sunny here in South Korea. Beautiful day today. And I'd just like to start off the podcast by apologizing because we missed last week. And I really, really apologize for that. It was all my fault. Um, I'd recently done 30 days no drinking. I went out on the Saturday before the fights, got really drunk, was extremely hungover the next day, missed all the fights. And by the time I'd caught up on all the fights, it had gone past Monday, completely missed the podcast. So we're back on track now. We have a li- little hiccup in our journey in the, in podcastum, but um, we're back on track. We're back on track with this one. We're going to briefly summarise the fights that we did miss in Fight Night Home versus Aldana, um, just to give you some news on that. And then we'll go back over the fights that have just happened this weekend as well. So UFC Fight Night, Holly Holm versus Aldana. Let me go and have a look at that. So um, the big news of that was, well, I thought it was really big news. UFC legend Carlos Condit gets back in the wing column after a five-fight losing streak. He lost five fights and then he comes into this one and gets the victory, finally. Well done, Condit. He fought Court McGee Uh, Went to a unanimous decision. Honestly, I thought McGee would get it done just because Condit was on this losing streak. And I thought if he didn't win this one, then he's out and he's done. But he's back in the winning column. So he's going to have a few more fights surely before he retires. But what an absolute legend, Carlos Condit. Absolute legend. Um, Cameron Ellis lost to Kyler Phillips. Cameron Ellis is an English boy. Um, but he lost to Kyler Phillips in the second round uh, due to elbows from back mount. Yeah, that sucked. That really sucked. But the whole card overall was really good. Um, Jermaine Durandamy, absolute legend. Um, she had a title shot and lost that in her last fight, I believe. And then she gets the win over Juliana Pena, the Venezuelan vixen. Um, yeah, Jermaine Durandamy gets the win by guillotine choke. That was brilliant to watch. I'd never thought in a million years she'll get a submission choke, but my friend predicted it on his app and he got a load of points. Absolute load of points just predicting that she'll get a guillotine choke. It was absolutely incredible. Um, Yargon de Castro versus Carlos Felipe. We thought the Castro would win on that one. He didn't. Carlos Felipe won. Congratulations to Felipe. It was a case of uh, De Castro just gassing out in the first round and doing a lot. And then Felipe capitalizing on that in rounds two and three. The big boys, they're heavyweights. Um, great fight to watch. And then we had the main event, uh, main event of two weeks ago. Holly Holm and Irene Aldana. That went all five rounds. I thought Holly Holm would um, do it in two or three with one of her famous head kicks, Um, but it went all five rounds. Fair play to Aldana. Now, Aldana's really hard to read because she does a lot of um, side movements, 
and Holly Holm just kind of stuck to her ground. And after Aldana ate a couple of Holly Holm shots, we saw the fight completely change where in the first first and maybe second round, Holly Holm was chasing Aldana and then the roles reversed after um, Aldana ate a couple of shots. In rounds three, four and five, Aldana was just like in hunting mode, just constantly moving forward. Um, but carried on eating shots and overall Holly Holm gets the victory. That was a really good card, but let's get into this week's fights and there is a lot to talk about, loads. So we had UFC fight night, Moraes versus Samhagen. We had Bellator 248 and Euro Series. Um, and that Bellator one was held in Paris, France. Now, in France, they've only just allowed MMA to become a legalized sport over there. So as soon as that happened, a load of um, MMA fights were booked over there. The first one, I believe, was... MMA Grand Prix, which happened on the 8th of August. And then Bellator came in on the 10th of August with uh, MVP versus Ross Houston. And they had Congo versus Johnson too. Um, some good fights on there. I didn't catch all of them, not going to lie. Um, I saw the MPV fight. Overall, I was uh, looking on Twitter and stuff and not a lot of people were very impressed by the card like with the fights itself and i i don't know what to say about that i mean sometimes the fights just happen that way and oh they had a live crowd as well they had a live crowd and from what it looked like on the tv is that they were like spaced out in whatever um arena or stadium they were at but they were spaced out so you can hear the crowd live in these fights for the first time in a long time like with UMC and stuff. But yeah, so Bellator has a live crowd. There was a lot of booing, especially when there was a lot of clinch work and stuff. And in that MVP fight, there was just a lot of um, stance changes, grappling, going to the ground. And there was a lot of booing by the crowd, which, I mean, each their own. I, I wouldn't boo for that stuff. I quite like watching the grappling, but it is what it is. But finally, France have got it done and got, MMA legalized sport, thank goodness. Um, we also had one championship. They had their Reign of Destinies event. I'm not going to go into it. I didn't watch it. I might catch up on it over the week. There wasn't any um, English or Korean fighters in that card, which is mainly what I'm interested in if I'm going to catch a one championship fight. And there was a lot of um, flyweight MMA, flyweight Muay Thai stuff. Um, you know, those guys are super fast, but I'll catch up on that in the week. Um, so let's get into it. UFC Fight Night, Maria Sanhagen. What an incredible card because there was just some stuff we didn't expect. Like, I reckon a lot of people wrote this card off, uh, apart from maybe the co-headline and the, and the headline event. But we're going to skip all that and go to the undercard and uh, <laughs> a KO that's gone absolutely viral. Viral. We had... Uh, um, Hakuin uh, Buckley and Impa, ah, get his name right, Kasange, Kasang, Kasangane, Kasangane. Let's so let's talk about Kasangane because Kasangane, he's he's had like a quite quick concession of fights. He fought in um August on August twenty ninth, 
and then's come back about six weeks later on October 10th to go into this fight against Buckley. And then before that, he uh, had two fights in Contender Series. Going into this fight, uh, Hay was um, 8-0. and And then let's go over to Buckley. So Buckley was 11 and... No, 10 and 2... 10 and 3 going into this fight. Sorry, 10 and 3. He was coming off a loss to Kevin Holland. Um, again on this... Oh, no. On August 8th. So he's had about a two-month gap. So quite quick concession of fights for these two fighters. Um, but this KO that goes viral, it's a spinning back kick. Um, Gasangane catches his first kick, and then Buckley just spins and gets a spinning head kick that just KOs Gasangane. It was... It was unbelievable. I posted it on my Instagram. I'm sure you've all seen it because it's just gone viral straight away. It was brilliant. And I really do recommend everyone to go watch the fight if you didn't see it. If you only saw the highlight, go back and watch the whole entire fight. Because they start off that round going absolutely at it. And they're middleweights, I believe. And they are heavy punches, man. And they are swinging for the fences. I mean, they're not swinging just like willy-nilly, but they got accuracy on them. And there's some body shots and stuff. And just that whole entire first round, there was some big stuff. And it could have gone either way. Both of those guys belong in the UFC. And both of those guys make statements with their punches. But this was um, round two. Two minutes and three seconds into round two, this spinning back kick. It was incredible. It had Taekwondo written all over it. The technique was perfect as well. If you watch his um, other foot that he, sp he spins onto, like, on the ground, you can see he adjusts the position perfectly to get the, the maximum spin and the spin perfect. Oh, man. And Kasangani just goes down like a log. Like, his whole body just stiffens up. Oh, check it out. It's on my Instagram. I've uh, tweeted about it as well, I'm sure. But yeah, that, that just completely like stole the show. We didn't think anything was going to top that. But let me just um, point out another one quick on the undercard. And that was Tom Breeze versus KB Buller. Tom Breeze, English boy. Um, is it... Are they middleweight as well? They must be middleweight. Tom Breeze is huge, man. Absolutely huge. He goes up against Canadian KB Buller. And we start off and it looks a bit slow from Buller like he's not doing much and then Tom Breeze just comes out with like jabs and they are hard hard jabs he gets it done and just well there's a power jab and then hammer fist but it was basically a KO finish um Tom Breeze gets a jab on the right so he switches to southpaw and jabs on the right and it just puts uh, Buller out on his back finished with some hammer fist lovely Tom Breeze looking a bit emotional as he uh, walked back to the dressing room as well. I reckon he just wants to fight again. This guy, man, he's just dangerous. Dangerous guy from Birmingham. Really dangerous. Coming out of the same fight camp as Leon Edwards in the same gym, I believe. I forget the name of the gym. But, yeah, keep, keep an eye on him. Keep an eye on Tom Breeze. Another English guy we had on that card, Tom Aspinall versus Alan Bedoit. So we had Englishman Tom Aspinall against Frenchman Alan Bedoit. Heavy, heavyweight division as well. 
Tom Aspinall, I definitely had for a big KO finish. And that's exactly what he does. I mean, he just clips Alan and uh, goes to ground and pound. Bat, bat, bat. Like, I, I, was it Hammerfist? Maybe. I don't know. But you don't want to be on the ground when uh, Tom Aspinall's throwing some punches. Oh, he had complete top, top mount on position as well. It was just absolutely dangerous. And he gets it done in 1 minute 35 first round. Just absolutely brilliant. I want to see him back straight away. He's from Salford as well, I believe, Manchester area. And that's the same place that uh, Michael Bisping's from. So maybe we'll have another UK champ. Who knows? Maybe it's written in the stars. We'll see. Um, next, we had... What's his name? Drickus de Plus versus uh Marcus Perez. Marcus Perez came into the um into the pre-fight face-offs with complete Joker makeup, like Joker from the Batman, complete all makeup done. And I believe he's done it before as well. But oh man, he just looked He's he's a crazy guy. He's just a crazy guy. Um and he looked crazy in that fight. Um De Plus was making his UFC debut and looked really timid going into that fight, actually. Really kind of like shy. Even the way he was holding his hands up was defensive. His feet movement as well, his feet seemed quite close together. Like, it didn't look like if he took a punch that he'd be out of balance very well. And he was making tiny steps and stuff. And he just looked really nervous in the first few minutes of uh, round number one. But he quickly warms up and suddenly out of nowhere, he decides to go on the offense and three minutes, 22 seconds, round number one, gets a left hook. Oh man, and this left hook. Um, so Perez kind of ducks down to avoid the first right jab. And as he's ducked down, he's, he's moved too far to his left, which means uh, De Plus has just cracked him with the left hook. And then he's gone down and you see you see he's like out basically and takes a couple more hits and the fight's over. The Blues from uh, South Africa shouts out after the fight, I want to be the first African-born uh, champion. And I was like, yeah, okay, mate. You've only just made your UFC debut. So let's, uh, let's see how you do. But a great introduction to his UFC uh, career. So well done, the Blues. And uh, I look forward to seeing him again. So let's go over to all. No, it's not not the co-main event. It's the one before that. We have Ben Rothwell, UFC legend, heavyweight legend, going up against Marcin Tabora. Marcin Tabora is from Poland, so he's had a, like a big boost from Jan Blatowicz, uh getting his uh, UFC title. So he knows it's possible now. He knows it's possible to get a UFC title, being from Poland. So he must be full of energy. We start off this fight in the heavyweight division. Uh, they go at it. But Ben Rothwell, surprisingly, UFC veteran, really surprising, throws a huge, huge amount of uh, punches and maybe some kicks as well. But the volume from heavyweight was incredible. Ben Rothwell really goes all at it and he's um, trying to get it out in the first round. But he doesn't do it. So as rounds two and three move in, he is completely gassed. And Marcin, he's, uh, I have to say, his head movement 
was out of this world. I mean, in the first round, I thought it wasn't enough and he should be parrying with his hands or completely moving out the way. But as you can see Ben Rothwell getting a bit more tired, his uh, Marcin's head movement became a bit more fluid and you could really see like, man, there were points he looked like Ali who was moving his head so much. I'm not making that comparison, but it did it did look pretty good in round two and three. And then as a result of Ben Rothwell being really gassed, um, Tybura just comes out throwing the punches and kicks, gets it down to the ground a couple of times as well. And there's um, ground game control really good and throwing like elbows and punches from the ground, which is amazing. And they said something like he threw about 250-odd strikes which was uh, absolutely incredible. For for heavyweight, that volume as well, really good, man, really good. Keep an, out, keep an eye out for Marston as well. Keep an eye out. I think he was coming off a loss going into this fight, but he's um, proved he should definitely be there. Absolutely incredible. Good job. Right, uh, next up we have Edson Barboza versus Makwan Amir Khani. And Amir Khani's from Finland, and... I don't know any fighter that's gone to a co-main event and is Finnish. Do you? I've got no idea. So, I mean, they were saying it's an absolutely huge fight for Finland. And then uh, we have Edson Barboza, UFC legend. Oh, and this fight is down to featherweight. Yeah, featherweight. So these boys had to make £145. So they're both of them absolutely shredded absolutely shredded to the bones so but they made the weight man they made i don't know how because both fighters are not known for fighting at that weight class but let's go ahead with the fight so i had edson barboza to get it done in round number one or two i reckon and i just thought you know he's gonna do a kick or something and it, <laughs> and uh amir khan he's gonna just drop to the ground like I don't know, spinning head kick, dropped to the ground, stiffened like a board, and Edson Barboza rides off to the sunset. That didn't quite happen, but from the get-go, Barboza was just dominant. Dominant fighting. Just everything he did was connecting. Um, it goes to the ground at some some point. And oh, there was a couple of punches. Round two, where Barboza drops Amir Khani to the ground. Oh, that's right. Because I I put... Well, I didn't put money on, but I bet in the app, in the verdict app, that Barboza was going to get it done in round number two. And I was like, come on, man. Get it done. Just get it done in round number two. He dropped in. I'm like, yeah, go, 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 go. Shouting at the TV. And then he, does it, he doesn't get it done. But then he drops him again, I think, in round number two. And still doesn't get it done. Like, fair play to Amir Khani. He survives the whole fight, all three rounds. Obviously, unanimous decision, Barboza, who absolutely dominated the fight. Really good fight. Let's go over to the main event. We had Corey Sanhagen versus Marlon Moraes. Now, I had it that Marlon Moraes was going to win this fight. I just think his skill set is phenomenal. But then again, he's for uh, Cejudo and lost that fight. And although he won against... Jose Aldo, Jose Aldo, however you want to say it. It was a split decision win and everyone and their mums 
thought that he should have lost that fight and that Aldo should have won. Um, before that, he's beaten Jimmy Rivera, Aljamain Sterling, John Dodson, just some absolute names. Um, and I just thought, you know, the kid's got the skill set. But it's, like I say, since the Cejudo fight, he hasn't looked the same. He hasn't looked the same. Um, maybe starting a bit slower, I reckon. Just Yeah, just starting a bit slower. Because in the Cejudo fight, he was winning that fight um, in round number one and then was losing round number two and finally lost round number three. But, I yeah, I just think his skill set's really good. So he went up against Corey Sanhagen. Now, Corey Sanhagen, I didn't know too much going into this fight. I've heard his name. I know he's had big wins against John Lineker, for example. Um, but I still didn't know him too much. Like, I knew he's a big name in that division, in bantamweight division. And he was, like, well-deserving of that fight going in. But he had lost to Aljamain Sterling. Aljamain Sterling is incredible. And in my opinion, should be get, getting the next title shot against Petty Yan. Not one of these boys who have just fought. It should be Aljamain Sterling. But um, Sanhagen lost to Sterling by rear naked choke in round number one. And that really kind of put him on the back foot a bit. Because everyone was just like, oh, well, Sterling's clearly the number one contender. Whatever. But you think about his record. He's um, 13 and 2. Now, because he won against Marlon Moraes. Right, so let's get into the details of this fight. Um, round number two. So we go all the way through round number one. And Sanhagen's pulling off some really good and hard shots, like jabs and stuff. Like hard, hard, hard jabs. There's a bit of clinch work, I believe. Um, can't, I honestly can't remember the fight that in that much detail. We'll go back and watch it. But that round number one. It was good, and you could just see Sam Hagen was dominating the fight. His punches were harder, more calculated. I think he did some great body shots, I reckon, as well. Some Maybe it was Marais, I can't remember. But someone did some really good body shots, and we managed to get through round number one. We go through to round number two, and um, again, some like stiff jabs by Sam Hagen. And just before Sam Hagen ends it all, he shouts out to... I was going to say to the crowd, there's no one in the crowd. It's in Abu Dhabi. There's no crowd at the moment. But he shouts out, his orbital's broke. His orbital's broke. And his orbital, like, just under his eye, it is all bruised up and everything. And um, um, you can tell Merez is, must be a bit, like, shocked by his comment because then he's like, no, I'm not going to stand for it. He moves forward with a couple of punches. And then in the end... um. We've already seen a spinning back kick. We see another one that just clips um, Moraes on, like, the top of the head. Uh, San Hagen throws it, clips Moraes on the top of the head. Moraes goes down. There's a few more punches, and it's all over. It was, it was really good, really incredible. San Hagen really deserving that win. And in his post-fight press conference, he said he'd um, accidentally broke a training partner's orbital as well. So he knew exactly what it looked like going into the fight. So when he'd done it to Moraes, he was like, I'm going to shout it out. I'm going to call it. He's broke his orbital. Uh, excellent. Some oh, Man, it was a really good fight card overall. I was really, really enjoyed my Sunday yesterday watching all the fights. It was really good. Really good. Okay. 
Um, so let's go into some current events. So what have I got written down here? I've got Izzy and John Jones Twitter beef. <sighs> I mean, the thing was, right, after the Costa and Izzy fight that happened on pay-per-view, it, it went inevitably straight to Twitter and everyone had their comments and stuff. Izzy, I didn't realise just how much of a Twitter boy Izzy is. And he's, you know, John Jones have, the, have this back and forth that's been ongoing for ages. But the trouble is, I mean, even now they, they're still going at it. And it's been two weeks since his fight, just constantly going at it, back and forth, back and forth. And this is the bit, bit of a problem I have with current events, is that all the current events in like the MMA world seem to happen on Twitter where there's just beefs that have started on Twitter and then it doesn't matter because either the fights do get made or they don't get made and we see the fight anyway. I mean, it helps to build the story of fights to come. But Izzy John Jones, oh, I'll tell you what, I don't think I've got it loaded up, but I do know for a fact uh, Israel Desanya on his Twitter. You know, you can get those header pictures at the very top of your Twitter page, he's got a picture of John Jones doing a line of cocaine on a um on a barbell, which is, I mean, come on, it's hilarious. We all know he's been done for doing cocaine before. That is hilarious. And then he's like, oh, come on. Okay, okay, it is funny. I admit it. I admit it. It is funny. Fine, keep doing Twitter, Izzy. It is funny. But then there was some points where it got a bit too personal, like bringing people's mums into it and stuff. Yeah, I think Izzy says something along the lines of like, oh, um, yeah, like sarcastically, I'm sure your mum's really proud of everything that you've done or your arrests and like hit and runs and stuff. But yeah, it, it got a bit too personal. When, but I think Izzy did an interview recently, said if he keeps going, it's only going to get more personal. Man, this... And he, Izzy knows this fight game. He knows how to build a fight, you know. He knows that building the fight is part of the game. And as it goes on, I mean, personally, I'm getting a bit tired of it because it's been two weeks of it straight. Like, okay, we understand. Personally, I need the respite from this Twitter beef. But as it keeps going, and it's been going on really, not just this two weeks, for months, because it happened be all before his Costa fight, way before, it is building up to a fight between them. At light heavyweight, I'm going to assume, so that Izzy goes up, and now that John Jones is at heavyweight, he'd come back down to lightweight. But I reckon that it's going to build up to be a really good fight. I'm just a bit tired of this Twitter beef. Right, next, we got, I've written down, Izzy's saggy titty. <laughs> Right, so some people noticed on his pay-per-view against Costa, his um, his pectoral muscle, I guess would be the correct way to say it, his pectoral muscle was droopy. And uh, everyone was like, mate, what's going on? A lot of people jumped right to steroids because when you come off steroids, that can happen. Um, because, um, what, why is that? I, something to do, yeah, well, test, if you're taking the extra testosterone, then... It, it it just does that. I forget the exact science. I was going to say that estrogen has some part in that in terms of like the um, hormones trying to catch up with the testosterone. But I think that's, I think that's a bit bollocks. Anyway, right. So 
Izzy Sagita, he goes on record saying, I've never done steroids, I'm not that person, blah, 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 blah. But it was just a notable um, event. It was just a notable event. Uh, Twitter went off. Right, next. Uh, Hamzat Chamayov has said that uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and Chris Wyman have both turned out fights against him. Interesting. Interesting. I think... Um, hmm... I mean, who's going to fight this guy? Who's going to fight this guy? He's had three fights. He's dominated everyone. He's got everyone of them out in either the first or second. I think the first one was out in the second, but the other two out in the first. I don't know, man. I don't know who's going to fight him. I really don't. Um, oh, well, Darren Till said they would fight him. He's come out and said, listen, after my uh, bout with uh, Jack Comanson, I'll come and fight you. Forget all the ranking stuff. I'll come and fight you. So maybe there's a fight there for him. Um, Michael Chiesa's come out and said no one wants to fight him because it's a lose-lose situation. And that's why Michael won't fight him. It's a lose-lose because if you win, you don't get anything. You've just fought an unranked opponent and stayed exactly where you are. And nothing's increase for you if you lose you've lost against an unranked opponent and you'll go down in the ranks and um Chemayev's gonna come soaring straight up so it is a lose-lose for someone going against him I can see that but yet again this is the fight game what happened to the Cowboys you know what happened to those kind of guys that were just like yeah anywhere anytime any place we're losing them fast and I understand why like Fighters have short careers. You want to make the most of it. You want to select the best kind of fights for you. But at the end of the day, I need to see fights. I want to see these fights, right? Next, let's go over. Oh, RDA is out of UFC 254. He's tested positive for COVID-19. Um, yeah, I believe Islam Machayev his opponent or was gonna be opponent he's still waiting for a replacement on that 254 card um next I don't, am i gonna say next after each current event maybe i can already feel myself getting annoyed at that so i might stop um right mike perry he's gone on twitter to say whoever gives me the most money can be in my corner. I don't know if you remember the last time he fought, he only had his girlfriend in his corner. And I do believe it's because the guys had a lot of financial trouble. Um, he had broken up with his previous missus. Uh, at one point mentioned he was staying in his car. This is a, a year or so ago. And then after that mentioned that he got paid this money for fights in the UFC, but hadn't paid his tax. So he's been hit with a massive tax bill. Um, so to save money, because it, it does take money to to have people in your corner and people in your fight camp, etc, etc. He just had his new girlfriend in his corner, which uh, I mean, that must have blown up her Instagram and Twitter. Suddenly she became a, a popular figure, a public figure in, in UFC known as uh, Mrs. Mike Perry. But anyway, so he goes in and he only has her in, in his corner. Okay, so he said, right, so next fight, whoever gives me the most money can be in my corner. Darren the Gorilla Till replies saying, I'll pay you 5k, mate. 
I'll pay 5k to be in your corner. And I don't know if you know, but um, they've had a massive Twitter beef going back and forth. Um, so that's why that's funny. After he said that, he said, I'll pay 5k. Um, then he's put out to everyone, how much is someone going to pay me to throw the towel in? <laughs> in his next fight. Oh, could you imagine? That would be brilliant. That would be absolutely brilliant. And then there was a load of people making memes about like, Darren Till sitting next to Mike Perry's girlfriend being like, yeah, how you doing? Like, in the corner while Mike Perry's fighting. Also, here's the really brilliant thing about this thing. Darren Till, after saying he'll pay 5k, starts a GoFundMe page so you can donate. And let me read what he's put. So, he's, um, his target goal is £25,000. So far, he has raised four grand. So, fair play. But he's written... Let's get Darren into Mike Perry's corner for some raw advice and get him into a spa together once and forever. All money raised will go to Mike Perry and if he doesn't use Darren in his corner, all money will be refunded. Darren is deadly serious about this and would take it as serious as possible. That is incredible. That's so funny. Man, could you imagine? Could you imagine? Right, I mean... Good ploy, because I want to see Mike Perry's next fight now. I want to see who's in his corner. God, that would be incredible. Right, moving on, I've got to mention this. Polish head kick I've written down. Right, so in the Polish promotion, MMA promotion, KSW, there was a middleweight championship fight against 40-year-old Mamed Pali... How do I say this name? Mamid Halidov versus Scott Askham. Okay. Uh, Scott Askham's actually an Englishman. And this 40-year-old throws a switch kick, switch head kick, and knocks out Scott Askham inside 36 seconds of round number one to get this middleweight championship. It's in. Incredible. I don't think I've put it on Instagram yet, but I'm going to. I'm, I'm going to do that later today, put it on Instagram, because it's... Ew, oh, man, it was so good. It was so good. I think I don't think it quite beats the uh, spinning back kick from Buckley, but way up there. Still way up there in, them, in that realm of bloody good knockouts. Okay, so just to mention, we have some upcoming fights for... Next week, we've got, in Korea, we've got Road FC, or AFC, as it's known. It's called Africa TV Road Championship. Number three. So, Road FC's been around for ages, by the way. It's been around for absolutely ages. But they've adjusted and changed the name of the promotion to AFC. So, this is number three of that kind of new promotion, AFC, where they've kind of mixed together some companies. This is going to be held on the 17th of October, think that's a Sunday? Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, so 17th of October. Um, if I remember, I'm going to try and put a link up on my Instagram and just promote it saying, look, if you want to see it, here's a link to it on Africa TV. Um, and there should be some good fights on there. On Thursday the 15th, we've got Bellator Cyborg versus Glencal. So I'm going to check that out. Again, with the Bellator fights and the One Championship fights, I kind of know the, the headlines and pay attention to the headline events. 
but I don't go too much into the um, like bottom of the cards and stuff. But hopefully, as this podcast moves on, I'll get more and more into it. And then, right, the next event, UFC Ortega versus Korean Zombie. Oh, finally. Finally, we can see this fight. It's been... Has it been a year? Oh, no, it's not quite been a year. But they were supposed to fight in Busan, South Korea. Now, don't know if you know this. I live in Busan and I went to see the fight. I went to see the fight. But like I say, that fight got cancelled. So it was actually Frankie Edgar versus Korean Zombie. And I tell you, if you've ever seen the UFC UFC event, you'll know it's just something special. It's something just a bit extra special. I've been to MMA fights before, like local promotions and stuff. When you go to a UFC event, of course it's similar because it's fights, but you can you just know it's something in the air. It's something extra special. And I just want to point out, on this card, there's four fighters, including Korean Zombie, that fought on the Busan card as well, now fighting in this in the new card with Ortega next week. So we've got um, Cyril Gain. He's fighting. He fought on the um, Busan card. Uh, we got uh, John Yong Park, who fought on the Busan card. Oh, he's fighting John Phillips. No way. Yo, John Phillips Welshman's fought in Cage Warriors and stuff. Yo, oh, that's going to be a great fight. Um, John Yong Park, he won his fight in Busan. It was really funny because he gets on the mic and he's got a fairly high-pitched voice. Now, in England, if someone's got a high-pitched voice, they just, like, fought their life out. I don't think many people would say anything. But in Busan, he got on the mic. The whole place erupted with laughter to the point where um, Yong Park was like, I know how my voice sounds, guys. I'm, I'm really aware. Don't worry. And I was just sat there just like, what's going on? Because the whole place is laughing. Anyway, another fighter that was on that card is Saeed Nogomedov. Um, I don't know if it's relation to Khabib Nogomedov, but he um, did lose his fight on the Busan fight. Yeah, and... Is he known for his spinning side? I think, yeah, when I saw Saeed, he was trying to do load of spinning backfists and stuff. But it just wasn't coming off. If I remember correctly. If I remember correctly. Um, but yeah. Um, it'd be really good to see all these guys fight again. That's so crazy. They literally followed Korean Zombie um, to his next fight card. Yo, this is going to be such a big fight, man. I'm so excited. Um, when we do the ne next podcast after everything's happened, I might if, if Korean Zombie wins, I might play like Korean National Anthem and stuff. Maybe we'll do video. Oh, man, it's so exciting. I don't know if you know, uh, Zombie and Ortega, they were both in a, in a crowd. It must have been in America. Um, both in a crowd. And Jay Park, famous hip-hop artist in South Korea and in America as well, he was there. I believe Korean Zombie is signed to Jay Park's management team. I might be wrong on that, but... Anyway, they were at this event together and Ortega was nearby and there was been some like Twitter beef and stuff uh, leading up to this fight. And uh, Ortega slaps Jay Park across the face. 
for no reason. Well, obviously because they had beef and stuff. But yeah, Zombie was really mad because he's like, man, you don't you don't hit a civilian. Like we we're fighters, we're trained fighters. You just don't do that. Anyway, so there is a bit of extra backstory to this fight. Um, not only that it the fact that it was supposed to happen in Korea and got cancelled, there is some uh, a bit of hatred going into this fight. I'm just so excited for this fight, man. Really excited. And then after that, we've got the pay-per-view. Uh, the um, Justin Gagey versus um, Habib Nurmagomedov. So it's gonna be it's gonna be absolutely incredible. I'm really excited, man. Oh, I'm excited. Right. That's all from me. Um, if you want to follow me on the social media or follow the podcast, rather, on the social media, you can. Uh, on Twitter, we're at Cornerman. And on Instagram, we're just the Monday Morning Cornerman. I've been your host, Luke Palmer Divers. Thanks for listening. See you again next time.